Continuing our farm system previews is one of the organizations that's particularly good with international free agents, especially those from Cuba. It's the Chicago White Sox. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So when we're talking about farm systems in the, the, the American League Central, I think the Chicago White Sox are a really interesting scenario. Uh, 81 and 81 last year, so dead even, you know, 500 record. And a system that has a lot of interesting pitchers and then a lot of position players that they're trying to get ready to go to the bigs. Uh, It's a really young, young team at the MLB level. They promoted a lot of players recently. But they did something pretty unique last year called Operation Birmingham. We've talked about this in a previous show. But they went and brought all of the top prospects together to Double A Birmingham in a developmental scenario, kind of recreating what you had at the alternate site in 2020. Uh, and perhaps nobody benefited more from that than the number one prospect in the system, shortstop Colson Montgomery, 2021 first rounder out of high school, got 96 games last year mostly between Low A Kannapolis and High A Winston-Salem, did get into 14 games in Birmingham, didn't have great stats in Birmingham, but the ideal was not necessarily in-game performance. It was, we're going to work on specific things. So, 96 total games last year, 274, 381, 429, 11 home runs, 30 extra base hits, 54 walks to 83 strikeouts, and 102 on stolen bases. He has a bigger body, 6'4", 221, and a lot of the work that he did in Birmingham, from what I've been told from people who happen to be there and see some of this stuff, was working on the defense, trying to make sure that defensively he can stick it short despite being a little bit large traditionally for the position. Uh, He's only an average runner. The arm is above average, only an average runner, but he has long strides, and so it kind of makes up for the lack of top-end speed when it comes to the range. He does better, or correction, he's gotten pretty good at going to his left, which is something that I feel like not a lot of, of shortstops can necessarily do. And then he's getting better at the backhand stuff. Again, can, uh, arm strength is good enough for the position above average. If he had to move to third, he absolutely could. But I think defensively now, there's not really a question anymore about could he stick it short, we've kind of upgraded him to above average defense at shortstop, whereas it was previously, similar to Corey Seager, it was one of those can he even stick here questions earlier in his professional career. Now it's he definitely can do it. Offensively, he's got a pretty simple swing, and he's really good with strike zone discipline. Uh, When he's in his game, the thing that he's trying to do is drive the ball out towards left center. He does have enough barrel control and uh, pitch recognition where if he notices something is hittable, 
he can pull it, uh, and and the fifth, you know, the fifteen twenty pounds of muscle that he's added since he became a pro has kind of helped with that. I really do think the power is going to end up above average, and so when that gets there, you're looking at somebody who has above average everything, with the exception of maybe the speed, and again the long strides. And then the aggressiveness on the base pass, pretty good at going first to third, kind of make up for a little bit of that top end range there in the speed. And you're looking at somebody who can be an above average regular. I expect him probably to start off in double A Birmingham this year with the thought process of he is getting to triple A Charlotte later in the year and is an option to call up late in the year. Although I do expect him probably not to debut until 2024 especially with Tim, if Tim Anderson is healthy and doing fine in Chicago. Number two prospect in the system, one of those many Cuban free agents that this team has gotten very good at developing, like Luis Robert, uh, Oscar Colas, 2022 IFA. Uh, he had not played in two years, but he had previously played in Cuba. Then he had gone out and played in Japan from ages 18 to 20. And so he started off in uh, high A Winston-Salem last year got some time in in Birmingham as well, and then a brief cup of coffee coffee in Charlotte. We've talked about that September call-up, moving guys when their affiliate season ends, moving them up one more level. That next level has about a week of games, and then their season either ends or goes to the postseason. So a little bit of extra time. In that, those 117 games, the rust wasn't as evident as some of the other players that they've signed in those scenarios who have missed some time. Uh, 117 games, 314, 371, 524. 23 home runs, 51 extra base hits, 38 walks to 120 strikeouts, 3 of 7 on stolen bases. I'm impressed with the power production. He missed some time in May with a wrist injury. So it's impressive that he was able to have uh, such good power production having not played in a while as well as dealing with a nagging wrist injury. Uh, I think he's an above average hitter The power can get to plus. He's pretty good at using the whole field as far as uh, taking like later in an at-bat. So really, really, I I appreciate the approach. And it's something where it's his at-bat until there's two strikes. And when there's two strikes, it shifts to more of a balanced approach where it's this is what's best for the team. So he can go and he'll pull something for a home run early in the count. As it gets later, deeper into the count, uh, and it gets two strikes on him, it's more of a balanced approach where he's looking to put the ball in play and move runners over and things like that. It's really, it's, it's yes, he's 23, but it's it's just, it's very evolved sense of, of this is what I can do as a hitter, and this is what's the best balance of what's good for me, what's good for the team, what's good for the organization. So I can kind of appreciate that there. Uh, I think if he hits the ceiling, you're looking at a a 30 home run potential. The issue you have is he's pretty susceptible to chase down and away. So it's something you've got to work on. The strikeout rate sits there around 20%. So you're going to have some some give and take here. He's going to strike out more than you love, but he's going to be able to, again, if he hits the ceiling, knock out 30 or so home runs. Uh, Defensively, Not the best runner, probably below average, but it's a plus arm. Uh, He's good enough speed-wise and acceleration-wise to like take an extra base on a base hit for you to go first to third, things like that. And I think he has the reads, routes, reactions to play center field, 
but because of the physical tools, the below average speed, and then the arm being good, you're going to look at him as a right fielder. I expect him probably to contend for the starting right field job this year, like out of spring training, but there's a very good chance they send him to AAA Charlotte. Uh, I don't know if it'll be they want him to get a little better about not uh, chasing. They just want to wait for the Super 2 deadline. I just kind of have a feeling he's one of those players where he's not on the board for Rookie of the Year. I don't think he has a lot of, I don't think the team has a lot of thoughts he's going to win that. And so they might be inclined to keep him down until just after the Super 2 deadline. Number three prospect in the system, a guy I don't think we've talked about on this show yet, but third baseman Brian Ramos, 2019 IFA, again, out of Cuba. Uh, 6'3", 225, and got 120 games in last year. More of a traditional international free agent. So spent all of low A, or spent all of 2021 in low A, and then 2022 between high A and a brief thing in double A, again, when they brought everybody in for Project Birmingham. Uh, So 120 total games, 266, 338, 455. 22 home runs, 42 extra base hits, 45 walks to 86 strikeouts, one of two on stolen bases. Uh, defensively, let's get this out of the way. Below average speed, something I feel like you see a lot in this system is guys who have good arms, but maybe aren't the fastest, the most fleet of foot. He's not going to back you up on the base paths. Like he's quick enough to, you know, to, to go first to third if he needs to. And, you know, your speedy hitter behind him is not stuck on first with what he could have gotten a double out of. Uh, offensively. Uh, above average hitter, I think he's going to have above average power. I like for a young guy like 20 years old, he's already shown he can handle velocity pretty well. Uh, He does chase spin a little too much. And so part of that's an aggressiveness thing. Part of that's a pitch recognition thing. A little bit more work to do there. And then I've noticed with that aggressive approach, he sometimes uh, tries to, like he sets out, I'm going to hit a home run here. And he'll try to pull it. And it's something based off of where it is in the zone or the type of pitch it is. You really should just be trying to like, uh, you know, drive it to right center or right field. And instead he's trying to pull it for a home run. So it's something to work on there. Not, uh, not completely evolved offensively, but you've got time obviously to work on that. And the raw tools are pretty good. Again, I think he's going to have above average hit tool and an above average power tool. Part of that is, He's added some healthy weight, about 35, 40 pounds since signing, uh, while still kind of maintaining the athleticism. So really good there. Number four prospect in the system, really, really unique pitcher. Uh, Noah Schultz, 2022 first rounder out of high school, 6'9", 220. And the stuff for Noah Schultz is very, very good. So he's got a fastball. I've seen 70 grades. I've seen 65 grades on it. But sits mid-90s, 93 to 97, can touch 99. Plus slider, uh, low 80s, 81 to 84. Works well against both lefties and righties, just the way he throws it. Uh, the changeup, above uh, average, I think could be above average. Sits in the high 80s, 86, 87. Has some good fade against right-handed hitters. The big thing's here, if he makes it to the bigs, he's going to be one of the taller starters in all of baseball. You know, not, I mean, he's... Not quite Randy Johnson size, but he's he's closer to that if he makes it out. And he has a really unique stance. I'm excited to watch him next year. I think they're going to start him off in extended spring to kind of manage his innings before he finally um, 
before he finally makes it to low A later. But he has this, it's not quite the windup, but it's not quite the stretch. This really kind of unique thing and uh, has like a, has a sidestep and stuff to it and then comes out of a lower slot. And I think a lot of this is one, he's trying to keep those incredibly long arms and legs and everything synced up. We've talked about the long levers and what that can do to your control. And then also, going with a lower slot, he gets fantastic extension. So it helps the fastball and things like that play up. So really excited to see what Noah Schultz does next year. And just a minute, I want to get to the state of the pitching. Again, a lot of interesting pitchers in this system. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's, uh, it's for America's number one sports book. We're excited about this new sports betting partner. Obviously, number one sportsbook in America. If you're new to FanDuel, that's perfectly fine. They have a ton of great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download the FanDuel app now and bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You can bet on everything from the money line, point spreads, who will score a touchdown, all of the props for the NFL. That's always the best part of the Super Bowl if your team is not in it. Just seeing what all of the fun props, the fun extra bets and things like that are. You can bet on who's going to score the first touchdown. Uh, I believe the favorites right now, Travis Kelsey plus 650. Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts are both plus 800. AJ Brown's plus 850. You can bet on the exact score. Um, if both teams complete their first pass attempt. Just all kinds of really unique and interesting lines, bets, things like that. That you can Is there going to be an overtime in the Super Bowl? Uh, so just tons of fun stuff. And then if, that's, if, fo- if football is not your flavor, you are here for baseball, which I get because you're on a baseball podcast. Uh, you can look at MLB odds. They have futures and things out right now. Win totals, division winners. The Guardians and White Sox have the exact same odds to win this division, plus 160. The Twins are plus 250. And then after that, Tigers plus 2,000, Royals plus 4,000. When you look at the win totals, the Chicago White Sox, the over-under is 83 and a half wins, which I, I, it feels a little bit low. Uh, the Guardians are 86 and a half wins is the number. And I'm like, they have the same odds to win the division, but the Guardians are expected to win more games than the White Sox. So it's just kind of interesting how some of the odds work. But uh, all of this takes place on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Okay, talking about the pitchers in this system, a lot of really interesting guys. Uh, somebody that I wanted to talk a lot about, but it's he's going to be out just about the entire year because of Tommy John in January 2022 is Peyton Paulette. Second round pick out of Arkansas, University of Arkansas, would have been a first rounder if not for having that TJ in January 2022. He did start throwing after signing. So he's on a throwing program right now, but a guy plus fastball, plus curveball, and above average changeup. Gets a lot of good ground balls on the changeup, gets just swings and misses on the curveball, and then the fastball has a lot of great vertical breaks. Sits mid-90s, can touch 99. Really excited to see what he can do when he finally gets on a mound 
you do have the issue. There's a durability question. 6'1", 180. Obviously, he had to have TJ and miss his last year of college. And so a lot of questions about maybe exactly what his future is and how much um, how much durability you can count on out of that frame. Uh, some guys who have bigger frames, right-hand pitcher Sean Burke, 2021 third rounder out of Maryland, got in 27 games last year. 26 of those were starts. He did appear in one game in relief and high A Winston-Salem early in the year. 4.75 ERA and 108 innings pitched at 137 strikeouts, so 11.4 per nine, to 48 walks, four walks per nine, 15 home runs. I mentioned bigger bodies, 6'6", 230, and what that lets him do is really put a lot on a fastball. So 95, 96, it can touch 98, has a lot of ride up in the zone, and then kind of some tailing life late. He can throw it for a strike in all four quadrants, like all, in, in every single part of the zone, so you love that. The curveball to go along with it uh, sits high 70s, 77 to 80, uh, it kind of has like an 11 to 5 shape, so like a tight break down. Uh, works really well against lefties. Slider's kind of average, sits in the mid to upper 80s. Does have some two-plane breaks, so that's nice. And then the changeup, good fade to it. Again, could be could be used more. A lot of these guys feel like they don't use their changeup a ton. Um, it's probably average. The arm speed matches really well, so you love that. But it's just not used that much. Again, can command the ball to both sides of the plate really well. And so you feel good about uh, him being able to be, uh, you know, starting off in AAA and being a back-end option if you need him this year. And then later on in the future, entering the rotation on a longer-term basis. Um, Right-hand pitcher Christian Mina is another international free agent who I think they've they've done some pretty good work with. So 6'2", 220, uh, and... Got time between high A, double A, and triple A. 24 games, 405 ERA, and 104 and a third innings pitched. 126 strikeouts, so 10.9 per nine, to 38 walks, 3.3 per nine, with seven home runs allowed. And the thing here is, needs to grow the fastball some more. The fastball's probably above average, sits 92 to 94, can touch 96. It's gotten better since he signed. He's added. Literally, since he signed, he's added about 40 pounds of weight. Now, granted, he signed in, you know, 2019. So, but, you know, as a, what, 16-year-old? So, expected development, but it's been good, healthy weight. Uh, The fastball, again, could be a little better, but it really is there to set up the curveball. Plus, curveball in the low to mid-80s has 11 to 5 shape. A lot of these guys have the vertical breaking 11 to 5s. I don't see a lot of 12 to 6s in this system. It's a lot of 11 to 5s. Uh, the sliders, uh, I'd say average right now, 83 to 86. It gets uh, good depth to it and a lot of sharp break. I just think it needs to have a little more velocity to separate more from the curveball because the curveball sits in the low 80s and sometimes comes out a little bit faster and it's right there on the slider where the slider is mid 80s. So a little bit more velocity separation. I'd love to see the fastball and slider both tick up two or three spots. Uh, the changeup is average. It sits around 87. He doesn't throw it a ton, but when he does, it looks like a splitter. So it's really good movement, and it's a unique profile he doesn't necessarily have from any other pitch. So I'd love to see him throw the changeup more because the arm speed matches well. Again, the break is really good. 
just use it a little bit more, and I think it could get maybe a little higher than just an average pitch. The fourth pitcher that I'm excited about that I like in here is Norhe Vera, 6'5", 210. He was a 2021 international free agent, again, out of Cuba. His dad was a, was a, a baseball star in Cuba when he was a kid. And 6'5", 210, so good frame, got in a 13 games last year, divided between low A, high A, and then again, Birmingham. So many guys went to Project Birmingham. But 3-3-1 ERA and 35 and a third innings pitch. There were some workload concerns. There was some uh, some injury stuff going on. I'll get to that a little bit later in the superlatives. But 35 and a third innings, 52 strikeouts, 13.2 per nine, to 31 walks, 7.9 per nine. One home run allowed. Obviously has control stuff to work out. The fastball is a 70 grade, 95 to 96. Can touch 99. Uh, gets on you really quickly. It, it, it feels like a lot of hitters just did not see it out of the hand. It disguises really well, extensions really well, or extensions really good, comes out and gets on you very, very quickly. Um, his velo did drop later in the year. I think some of that was workload. Some of that was working through injury. So something to be concerned about there, uh, but not too overly concerned. Slider sits above average, 82 to 86. I think it needs to be thrown a little bit harder and needs to be a little bit of a tighter break. It's kind of a slower, loopy uh, slider. It needs to be a little little tighter, thrown a little harder. Uh, Changeup is average. This is in the mid-80s. It moves, it breaks down pretty well, but like the, the action's not great. And so it's really there to provide a velocity difference, more so than a movement profile. Uh, he doesn't throw it a ton, and I think part of that's because it just doesn't move that well. So... Raw, plenty of tools, needs to work on the control, needs to tighten up and believe in the slider a little more, needs a little more movement out of the changeup. Um, spent the offseason in Arizona working out at the spring training facility, did a lot of work with them, excited to see what happens when he starts off this year, to see what he looks like. In just a minute, we're getting to the superlatives, always the best part of every system, uh, right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we are back. So, doing superlatives for this system. Uh, your power tool's only as good as your hit tool. One of the most common sayings we have on this show. The guy who describes this in this system, third baseman DJ Gladney. 2019, 16th rounder out of high school. 6'3", 195. I've seen 200, 205, so not quite sure there. But 122 games last year. Uh, mostly in low A Canapolis. They brought him up to Project Birmingham, just like everybody else. 237, 309, 418. 19 home runs, 42 extra base hits, 45 walks to 173 strikeouts in 122 games. 11 of 12 on stolen bases. Defensively, uh, he has an above average arm, but below average speed. He's played third base. He's played some first base. He got a little bit of time in the outfield, like a corner kind of situation, mostly Mostly uh, mostly left, but I think a little bit of right as well because the arm would play in, in, in right. But the whole thing with DJ Gladney, the bat speed is good. The swing covers the zone. It's just pitch recognition. He's, he doesn't necessarily always pick up on spin until it's too late. And so he gets fooled on it and he misses. Uh, so definitely something you have to work on with DJ Gladney. Uh, I think he's probably the best power hitter in this system, but 
I have questions about can he hit well enough to get it in two games. Age 20 in low A Canapolis, he batted 243. 150 strikeouts in 106 games. And so I just don't have the confidence yet. I need to see more of him to see. And I'm I'm hoping maybe over some of the stuff he did over the winter, he's worked on that quite a bit and can do a much better job of picking up spin early in the pitch and enough time to make the adjustment and get a barrel on it. A breakout pitcher or breakout prospect in this system, I am going with the pitcher. Not going to say I always do that, but it feels like there's a lot of pitchers that I like in here. So right-hand pitcher Eric Adler, uh, 2026th rounder out of Wake Forest, 6'2", struggled with his control last year. And I think a lot of it is fixable. So the thing that I love, and I, I, I noticed this with the draft class, Adler has fantastic spin rates, like on, on all of his pitches. And I noticed a lot of the guys that they draft, a lot of the pitchers that they drafted, like a Peyton Paulette when he was healthy, things like that, a Noah Schultz, a lot of these guys are very, very good at spinning the ball. And so it, it, it feels like that was an intentional decision. Can't speak for sure as to whether it was or not, but it feels like it is. So Eric Adler, uh, the thing he does well, so the fastball is a plus pitch, sits around 96 or so. It's got good arm side run carries really well up in the zone so it can kind of be a weapon. The slider, it was, the way it was described to me, the words were death slider. A ton of vertical break. It just completely falls off the table. Uh, It is a 70 grade pitch. It is an absolute weapon. Again, so the fastball has run, carry up in the zone. The slider's a vertical breaker. He has an above average cutter. He throws in the high 80s. The stuff is really, really good. The issue with Eric Adler is the control. He struggled his last year in college at Wake Forest with the control, but I think there's some mechanical tweaks you can make to bring it in. And if you do that, you're looking at a guy who could move very quickly and can be a high-leverage reliever for you. I'm not going to say he's going to debut in 2023, but I think he could debut. He could be one of the first pitchers from the 2022 draft to make it to the bigs if he can get that control worked out. Uh, The guy who needs to stay healthy, it's Norhe Vera. I mentioned it in the last segment, but he had some arm fatigue. He had a lat injury. Some of that comes from... He had a layoff, you know, he, he he didn't get a full season in in 2021. Some of that comes from uh, the delivery not being very consistent, and which also hurts the control as well. So just need him to stay healthy because he's got some tantalizing tools, the 70-grade fastball, the above-average slider, and he needs to work on those, and it's hard to work on those if you're trying to rehab a physical injury. The best outfielder, def- best outfield defender in this system is, isn't actually an amazing outfielder. I think it's just kind of exemplary of what's going on in this system. So, Uelkwe um, Cespedes, he's the, he's the half-brother of Uelkwe Cespedes. Um, again, Cuban free agent, signed in 2021. He defected in 2019, signed in 2021, had some visa issues. So, he didn't get up uh, in 2021 until like mid-year. But spent all year last year 119 games at double A, 258, 332, 437, 17 home runs, 47 extra base hits, 
29 walks to 154 strikeouts, and 33 of 45 on stolen bases. He is rusty. Okay. It's just, there's no other way to put it than rusty. It feels like a lot of the issues you saw offensively, the, like the speed is, I mean, the power is plus, the bat speed's really good, but the swings and misses and things like that, I feel like a lot of that is one, the, it's a very aggressive swing that can kind of be long. He needs to shorten the swing a bit. And then a lot of that is just rust from two years away from competitive baseball. So I think it's fixable. Physically, he's just about as developed as you're going to get. 5'9", 205, so he's a thick king. Uh, and gives him above average speed is kind of where he caps out because uh, it doesn't have the long strides, things like that. He has an above average arm, and I think that he would be above average in center field. He has good reads, good routes, good reactions, especially for a guy who didn't play competitively for two years. Uh, but I do feel like he's a better fit for a corner. I could absolutely see one day in the next, you know, two years or so where you have Luis Robert, you have Oscar Colas, you have Uelqui Cespedes as your three Cuban outfielders, all who have big arms and can hit for plus power. Just, it seems like it's very obvious. But there isn't really a masterful center field defender in this system like a lot of uh, organizations have. Again, Cespedes is above average speed, above average arm, can play above average defense in center field, but there's not just that an amazingly impressive center field defender like a lot of other organizations have. Probably something you'll see them target in the draft this year. Not sure exactly where they're picking, but my first thought process is Enrique Bradfield from Vanderbilt would fit in really well with what they're doing here in Chicago. Fantastic week this week. We're continuing on our farm previews tomorrow with the Minnesota Twins. You have a wealth of uh, middle infield talent like Edward Julian, who has defensive questions, but is the Canadian prospect God of walks. You got to find a place for him. You have Royce Lewis coming back from a torn ACL and now doesn't need to play shortstop because you signed Carlos, Carlos Correa. And so lots of options you can do there. In the meantime, if you have questions for the Monday mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, prospects at gmail.com, or Drop your questions into Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.